The Nonprofit Hour, a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders, with interviews, profiles, and documentaries. Welcome to the Nonprofit Hour show from the Media Institute for Social Change. I'm Jason Dennington. October is National Farm to School Month, and in recognition of that, today we have two guests from organizations that work to educate people about healthy food and empower them with the knowledge and skills or tools that are needed to grow that food themselves. First up, Phil Bussey talked a short while back with Mike Wenrick, the executive director of Zenger Farm. Zenger is an urban working farm in the Lentz area of Portland, which, in addition to its urban farming and sustainability initiatives, plays host to a multitude of field trips, workshops, and camps that help to demonstrate to youth the importance of healthy foods through hands-on participation programs. In the second half of the show, Phil spoke to David Greenberg of Growing Gardens. Growing Gardens organizes their volunteers to build organic vegetable gardens in any available area with the goal of supporting low-income households to directly improve their lives by producing healthy foods to eat and gaining the skills and knowledge that allow them to do so on their own long into the future. They also sponsor Youth Grow After School Garden Clubs and even a program that gives incarcerated prisoners a chance to get a college-level education in horticulture. Both of these guests are excited about Farm to School Month during October. Farm to School is a grassroots movement that seeks to offer multiple strategies to improve the health of children and communities. It strives to raise the bar in school nutrition programs by moving away from heavily processed school meals, educating children about healthy foods and the process of where these foods come from, planning school garden curriculum, and helping children's overall development by guiding them to make wise food and eating choices from an early stage in life. The peak of Farm to School Month will be coming up on October 22nd. On what is named the Big Day of Action, the Farm to School movement is calling on people across the country to urge Congress to complete the Child Nutrition Reauthorization, or CNR, and strengthen the USDA Farm to School program by moving on the Farm to School Act of 2015. Those interested are encouraged to call your legislators, tweet a photo of your school garden or local lunch, and use the hashtag MoreF2S in CNR to show your support for the program. Again, the hashtag is MoreF2S in CNR. And in one final note, before we continue with today's show... We'd like to let everybody know about the Media Institute for Social Change's third annual nonprofit gather event, which will be happening at Mississippi Pizza on October 22nd from 8 to 10 p.m. The first hour will be all ages and feature a live talk with Phil Bussey of the Media Institute and Kimberly Irvin, the senior social media strategist at Pyramid Communications. There will be pizza, drinks, and a silent auction at the event, and the second hour will provide time for networking with members from the wide range of nonprofit organizations profiled on the Nonprofit Hour show, as we recognize our second year on X-Ray FM. 
Music from 9 p.m. will be provided by JBJ, the DJ of X-Ray's Hello Cruel World Show, and you can find more details at mediamakingchange.org. As always, if you have any nonprofit news you would like to share on our broadcast, you can let me know by email to jason.dennington at xray.fm. Now on with today's show, here's Phil Bussey. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Media Institute for Social Changes Nonprofit Hour. Happy to be in the studio with the executive director, the new executive director of Zanger Farms, Mike Wenrick. Um, how are you doing? Good. Thanks Good. for having me, Phil. Absolutely. So you're 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 three months old at your job. I am. I am. And so that's. I mean, that's roughly. Uh, you you came in at the beginning of summer. I did, yes. Uh, which is, I suppose, a really good time to start as uh, at a farm. Yeah, it's been a great time. Uh, there's a lot going on at the farm. In uh, May, we were ending our field trips, so we have a lot of school children who come out every year, about 10,000, to uh, spend time on the farm and do educational programs. And we we're just getting s- started with our summer programs, so summer camps. We've had about 500 kids uh, from kindergarten through ninth grade attending different summer camps. Uh, obviously, the fields are are abundant with vegetables and fruits. And uh, this year, we inaugurated a 6,600-square-foot urban grange on the farm. So the last few months have been been fun and busy. Yeah, let's, let's talk about a few of those different things, the summer camps, the grange. But let's... Um where is Zanger Farms? Zanger Farms, it's an urban farm, so it's located in southeast Portland on 117th and southeast Foster. So it's in a uh, commercial area that cars whiz by. It's a 45-mile-per-hour zone, so a lot of people pass it every day uh, on the way to or from work. Uh, but it's right there on southeast Foster and um, uh, is is what uh, a lot of people consider uh a real sacred space uh, in the middle of the city. And and, and how many acres? What's the plot of land we're talking about? 20 acres. Five of those acres are planted, uh, mostly vegetables. The other 15 are wetlands. It's a part of the Johnson Creek watershed. And so a part of the whole purpose of Zanger Farm is to really protect those wetlands. Uh, the land is actually owned by the Bureau of Environmental Services, and they have given us a, a 90-year lease to steward the land and to educate kids about uh, food and agriculture and environmental stewardship. So 90-year lease, how many years do you have left? Uh, we, we're 15 years in, so we have quite a, quite a long time. We've got so another you're, 75 you're, years. It won't be on your watch. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so just a little bit more about the history of the actual the, the, the plot of land there. So... I mean, 20 acres of land and, and uh, 15 of it being wetland, that's that's the reason that it wasn't touched by any development? Yeah, it's protected areas. It's it's okay. uh, it's a part an important part of the ecosystem. It's a part of uh, of the Foster flood, flood plain, and, and really um, the city has a, a, a commitment to protecting that for the health of, of, of water in Portland. So um, it was a family farm. It was originally a farm. Uh, Uli Zanger was the owner. The, the namesake Zanger Farm is after the family who originally lived on the land. He was a dairy farmer. And so he had cattle there and, and produced milk. Uh, my parents and grandparents grew up in southeast Portland. They remember when it was a dairy farm and that our, our neighbor was a, a drive-in movie theater. Things have changed uh, on Southeast Foster since then, but we've been able to memorialize uh, the farm for the Zanger family by continuing to uh, function as an organic vegetable farm now. Um, yeah. No more cows. No more cows. But we do have turkeys and chickens and bees. 
And and when did it switch over from? Sorry, was it Uli? Uli Zanger. Yes. Was it, is that is that Norwegian? Uh, yeah, I can't I can't exactly remember, but that sounds right. I think it is is some sort of uh, uh, Northern European okay. uh, descendants. When did it switch over from being a family farm to a nonprofit? Nineteen ninety nine is the kind of the birth year of Zanger Farm. Uh, it's really started as a community effort where um, the city owned the land, but the neighborhood was really interested in uh, using it as a farm to start plant planting things. Uh, they had an AmeriCorps volunteer for a while who was helping organize, uh, but it was really mainly a community-led effort. It really developed into the nonprofit it is today over the last eight years. Uh, they renovated the farmhouse about eight years ago, and that allowed them to start hosting school children, gave them an indoor space for classrooms, gave them a kitchen for cooking. Uh, and now it's, you know, it's it's a lot different. We have, uh, instead of measuring the amount of people that participate in hundreds, we're measuring the amount of people who participate in, in thousands and tens of thousands. So this new facility that we have is really allowing us to invite more people into the work of Zanger Farm. And and when you say participate, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about people coming for, I mean, you have farmer's markets there, correct? Or you're, you're selling fruits we, and vegetables. We have a lot of acti- different activities that we do at Zanger Farm, but everything really revolves around education and access to nutritious food, really with the idea that the American diet is making us sick and that we really need to uh, to promote um, nutritious food in order to change that narrative, that we really need to make sure that despite your race, despite your geography, despite your socioeconomic status, that all people have access to nutritious food. And so all of the activities that we do, whether it's education or we do manage a farmer's market or we have a CSA program, a community-supported agricultural program, where families get a share of the harvest from that week and they, they purchase that share with food stamps, all those activities are really looking to change the narrative around who has access to nutritious food in our country and really more specifically in this neighborhood. So we're really deeply rooted and invested in Powellhurst Gilbert and the Lentz neighborhoods, but we really serve as a a national model as well uh, and try to export some of the things that are going particularly well to other locations throughout the city and throughout the country. This is the Nonprofit Hour. I'm Phil Bussey, and I'm talking with Mike Wenrick, who's the executive director for Zanger Farms. And and I, I'm really I want to latch onto one of the things that you're talking about that that uh, residents in the southeast, outer southeast neighborhood, uh, and which is more of a working class neighborhood, can purchase food, can pur- purchase shares of the CSA with SNAP and with with food stamps. Yes, and. I mean, are, are there any other grocery stores around the area, or are you guys pretty much in a food desert? Yeah, it's it's actually uh, it's a federal designation, food desert. So the the United States Department of Agriculture has has designated our neighborhood a food desert. So meaning that the residents of that neighborhood have no place to purchase fresh foods. So really, we are in a very uh, a community that could really use the, the services that we provide. Uh, one of the ways that we do that is through the Lentz International Farmers Market. It's a farmers market that we helped start. It's a farmers market that we manage. It happens every Sunday from 10 to 3 in Lentz Town Center at uh, Foster and 92nd. It's an awesome market. It actually just got written up in 
travel and leisure as one of the, uh, the great secrets of Portland. We have vendors from all over the world who uh, sell their products at the Lentz International Farmers Market. It's really, they, they call it unpretentious and, and a, a, a gem. It really is. It's just a real no-frills farmers market that, that does a good job of representing the diversity of the neighborhood in outer southeast Portland. We have over 50 different languages that are spoken within a five-mile radius of the farm. A lot of recent immigrants and people from, from all over the world who have, who have uh, now are living in, in that, that neighborhood. And, and I, would, I would think that part of it, too, is, is I mean, both serving residents but also serving, as, as you said, the uh, 500 or so school kids every year. I mean, that's, that's – uh, it's one of those things that's important, I mean, for, you know, kids that are maybe just going to McDonald's or fast food places to see, like, oh, my goodness, like a carrot grows in the ground. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's one of the joys of working there, seeing kids uh, develop a relationship with food. Um, just like math or science or reading, kids need to learn about food. It affects the way they feel, how they grow, and ultimately how long they live. So really, if if we care about our kids' future, we have to care about their relationship with food. And in places, urban settings like Portland, that's only going to happen if there are places like Zanger Farm where they can go and they can they can see a farm, they can pull a carrot from the ground, they can take it to the kitchen and cook with it. Every day we see it, uh, we know from experience and we know from research that when kids interact with food, they're more likely to consume it. And so uh, really the, the experiences the, kid, the kids have do have the potential to transform their diets and their life trajectory, their health trajectory. And I've been interested, too. I've seen studies that uh, that correspond to uh, being aware of school gardens or being aware of, of food also corresponds to better grades. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it affects the way you, you feel, the energy that you have throughout the day. And, you know, I think that all of us know that from experience. When we eat a healthy diet, we feel great. We're sharper. We're uh, more alert. And that translates for sure for kids. I mean, I, I have two, two children and I can see when I feed them healthy foods versus sugary foods, how they behave differently and, and their ability to learn. And, um, you know, kids are small. So what they consume really, uh, if they're consuming a lot of, uh, processed sugary foods, it's going to affect the way they, they, their outcomes in school and the way that they are able to learn. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Hour. I'm speaking with Executive Director Mike Wenrick from Zanger Farms. Mike, you've brought some, some music in. Ah, yeah, I have. I have. It was probably the hardest thing you asked me to do. I had a really <laughs> hard time picking my three songs, but I think, I think we've got them. Let's cue one up. Great. So the first song uh, will be Pastures of Plenty by Woody Guthrie. And like a lot of Woody Guthrie songs... Um, he wrote them and performed them, but they were they were performed by a ton of different people. In this case, it was performed by Odetta. It was performed by Bob Dylan. It was performed by Allison Krauss and Union Station. So I'd like to recommend uh, Pastures of Plenty by Allison Krauss and Union Station. They do a really great bluegrassy version of it. It's about um, it's about farming and really about migratory farm workers. Uh, one of the things that we try to do at Zanger Farm is also to educate kids about farmers. That this is an occupation. It's a viable occupation, and it's super important that that um, farmers grow our food. And they're really, in a lot of ways, um, unnoticed or un unheralded in our community. And we really want to change that as well. Um, I'm I'm so grateful for all the people who grow our food. And uh, this Woody Guthrie song really gets to the heart of it. Let's give a listen. Well, it's all 
ways we ramble this river and I all along your green valleys I work till I die my land I'll defend with my life need it be cause my pastures of plenty must always be free green pastures of plenty from dry desert ground from the grand coulee dam where the waters run down every state in this union us migrants have been Lord we come with the dust and we go I'm Phil Bussey. This is the Nonprofit Hour. We're talking with Executive Director from Zanger Farms, Mike Wenrick. Uh, thank you again yeah. for coming in. Thanks for the great music suggestion there. So this is this is a new job for you as the Executive Director. You've spent the last decade plus with international relief. Uh, is that correct? Working with uh, medical teams, uh, Latin American, Caribbean countries? Yeah, yeah. So I was the, most recently the director of Latin America and Caribbean programs for Medical Teams International. It's a Portland-based nonprofit, one of the largest uh, Oregon-based nonprofits, and they do uh, relief and development work all over the world. So my focus was mainly uh, Haiti and Central America. So I've spent the last 10 years doing uh, projects related to nutrition, to the root causes of poor health, uh, in those countries, it mainly looks like um, waterborne illnesses, uh, hunger. Um, one of the countries we've worked in, Guatemala, has the fourth highest rate of malnutrition in the world. So definitely uh, there's there's some good crossover um, between the sort of public health-focused work I did with Medical Teams International and now the work that I'm doing with Sanger Farm. Yeah, obviously, I mean, there seems to be at, at first glance, it may not seem to have uh, uh, a correspondence, but as, as you talk about it, there's clearly some common denominators. Yeah, both jobs are really looking at getting to the root causes of poor, poor health, and um, nutrition has a lot to do with that. Um, more and more in the U.S., we're looking at uh, what are what are called social determinants to health. So um, our healthcare industry is really changing uh, from from looking at uh, medicine and, and medical to more uh, health and grassroots things. So how poverty, how nutrition affect our health. Um, and one of the programs that Zanger Farm has, one of the programs that I'm most proud of, really hits at that. It's called the CSA Partnerships for Health. And so it's, uh, it's a program where health facilities in the U.S., in Portland, will uh, create lists of people that have hunger or nutrition-related illnesses, and they'll prescribe them vegetables. And farms like ours will connect with these people and uh, 
they'll they'll receive vegetables, uh, maybe not in place of medicine, but maybe in addition to medicine to uh, to help with things like hypertension, diabetes, etc. That, that's such a great uh, idea, like prescribing vegetables. You know, like take two zucchini and call exactly. me in the morning. Exactly. That's that's exactly the idea, and it's a program that I really think is getting traction with a lot of the um, the health community in the Portland area. There's incredible support. Multnomah County Health has been a great partner. We actually do a CSA distribution. Uh, at the Mid County uh, Health Clinic, uh, Multnomah County Health Clinic, um, on 130th and Southeast Division, where people who uh, go to receive health services there have been prescribed vegetables, and we fill those prescriptions on a weekly basis on Tuesday. And we've seen results. Well, there's one beautiful story I heard the other day from a mother. Um, whose child had a, a liver disease, and he'd been taking medication since he was a young boy. And the doctors now said that he can stop taking his liver medication because his health has improved so much from just making dietary changes. That's great. I mean, that, 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 that's really encouraging uh, to hear and that, that you guys are having this, this impact. And, 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 and you, I mean, you've been here four generations. Your family's been here four generations. Is that correct? Yeah, that's been a real, real uh, part of the sweetness of taking on this job as well. As as much as I loved doing international development work, um, well, I, I, I'll back up. I started in international development work uh, as a volunteer with the Missionaries of Charity in India, one of Mother Teresa's groups. And one of Mother Teresa's sayings that always stuck with me is, if you want to change the world, start by helping your neighbor. And for me, that definitely is the the population in Southeast Portland. My, my I live there now. Uh, my parents, both my mom and my dad live there. My grandparents, my great-grandparents. So we have deep roots in Southeast Portland, and it's uh, really wonderful to give back to the community and the geography that nurtured me. Um, and and are, my Matt working at a canning factory, a fruit canning factory? Yeah, yeah. My, my paternal grandparents worked at the Libby Canning Factory, which is now the headquarters for Fred Meyer. It's uh, close to the corner of Southeast 26th and Powell. And yeah, that's where they met. Fun. That's yeah. a fun story. Uh, this is Phil Bussey. It's the, the Nonprofit Hour. I'm talking with Mike Wenrick, who's the executive director for, for Zanger Farms. How about another song? Yeah, so the second song I have is actually a song I heard for the first time this morning, and it was being sung by some of our summer campers, and it's called Dirt, You Made My Lunch. And it's a great kid's song about how all food comes from dirt and uh, really gets kids to uh, appreciate the earth and the soil and everything that it gives us. And so it sounds like this might be even a sing-along out I think so. It's a sing-along. Everybody join in. Dirt made my lunch. Dirt made my lunch. Thank you, dirt. Thanks a bunch for my salad, my sandwich, my milk, and my lunch. Cause dirt, you made my lunch. Dirt is a word that we often use when we're talking about that earth beneath our shoes. It's a place where plants can sink their toes in a little while. A garden grows. Dirt made my lunch. Dirt made my lunch. Thank you, dirt. Thanks a bunch for my salad, my sandwich, my milk, and my munch. Cause dirt, you made my lunch. Great. So that was that was a song, uh, Dirt, and and Mike had just heard that the this morning from some of the campers at Zanger Farms. Why don't, why don't we use that as a, a a way to talk about some of the summer camps that you guys have held, bugs and slugs. Uh, 
farm friends, uh, cooking classes for older students. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. There's each each camp has a different theme that's kind of tailored around the age group of the of the campers. Some of them really get into the wetland ecology and looking at the bugs and the birds. Uh, some of them are really cooking focused and some of the older aged kids actually really get into the throes of technique and we bring in professional chefs to teach those courses in some way or another it always all the camps uh, relate to food in some way and cooking they harvest they craft they cook and on Fridays uh, the parents come and the, and the kids get a chance to to kind of display their new new skills and uh, the things that they've been preparing been preparing throughout the week for their parents. Fantastic. Uh, and and um, how long have the summer programs been going? They started in mid-June and uh, they go through the end of August. Okay. And then you guys have some, you, you guys have some events coming up on, in October. You guys have a, a farm-to-table dinner and auction, is that correct? Yeah, it's our big annual fundraiser. Um, it's, it's the one we really count on to, to bring in the, the money we need to operate as an organization. About 150 people will have a super fancy dinner at the farm um, in our new facility. Uh, we have some top-notch chefs that are coming out to help out. Uh, Vitaly Paley from Paley's Place, Jason French from Ned Ludd, um, Gabby and Greg Denton from Ox, and Kristen Murray will be making our dessert. Um, we have great great wine. It should be a wonderful evening to share a meal in a beautiful space, and hopefully we uh, raise the money that we need to continue to benefit uh, the community in southeast Portland and all the kids who participate in our education programs. This is the Nonprofit Hour. I'm Phil Bussey. I'm talking with Mike Wenrick, who's the executive director for Zanger Farms. And now one of the, one of the big projects you guys have had and, and recently completed was what you call the, the Grange. Yes. Uh, and, and this is a big jump. Uh, you guys have been in an old farmhouse, is that correct, in about 1,300 square feet. And you've about increased that by about tenfold. Am I getting those numbers right? Yeah, it was it was a small little farmhouse we, with two bedrooms. We had uh, offices in those two bedrooms, and then the main area was our classroom and kitchen. Uh, right now, the, the Urban Grange is 6,600 square feet, and it really feels bigger than that. It's a beautiful open space. It has, it has a, over 2,000 square feet of covered deck space. And uh, it's kind of raised up, so it has a beautiful view of the wetlands and the farm uh, looking north. Uh, you can even see uh, glimpses of Mount St. Helens on clear days. It's a beautiful facility and one that we've, we've already used and worn in very well with our summer campers. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, the, the point of having a larger facility is obviously to serve more people. I mean, and, which, is, which is, I mean, is that, is that a good thing that you're serving more people or is that one of those... Uh, mixed blessings in that there's a lot of people that need these services. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a mixed blessing. Um, there's it's one of the hard hardest things about being in nonprofit work is is the demand is almost always greater than your ability to meet that demand. So uh, being a nonprofit leader is a series of difficult decisions of what to prioritize, what you can do, what you can't do, what to say yes to, uh, what you have to say no to. And with the Urban Grange, the great news is we're going to be able to say yes to a whole lot more. We have this beautiful building. Uh, We've been serving about 12,000 kids and their parents a year with our small uh, a farmhouse, we're going to be able to do a whole lot more uh, than that with this new Grange. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and and as, as we close out here, and I, and I know that probably choosing your favorite fruit or vegetable is like choosing your favorite child, <laughs> but uh, uh, Mike, do you, can, do you have a favorite vegetable? 
That's a great question. I love fennel. That's one of the uh, probably vegetables. It's a little bit more abstract that I love. I love I love uh, tomatoes. We all know that tomatoes are fruit. It's a fruit, but I, I don't know uh, if I'd be able to survive without uh, pasta and pizza and obviously need tomatoes for that. Uh, I love all vegetables. You know, one of the perks of the job is I have access to some of the most beautiful produce in Portland uh, being in this job. And it's uh, it's a it's a real, a real great thing. Yeah, I suppose taking your work home is a nice thing for you. <laughs> for sure. Uh, Mike Wenrick, Executive Director for Zanger Farms, thank you so much for talking to us on the Nonprofit Hour today. Um, let's close it out with one more song. All right. For this one, we're really going to we're gonna dig into the theme of Hoedown. It's a, a fundraiser that we did in September and we'll have every year. And it's a chance for the community to gather. It's a fundraiser for Zanger Farm where people get on their dancing shoes and, and they, they hoe down, uh, eat and drink together out at the farm. And so we're going we're gonna to end it off with Old Crow Medicine Show and uh, Wagon Wheel. Great choice. And, and if you'd like to support Zanger Farms, October 24th, annual farm-to-table dinner, uh, fantastic chefs cooking up food, please check them out. Thank you so much, Mike Wenrick, Executive Director for Zanger Farms, for coming in. Thanks for having me, Phil. I caught a trucker out of Philly, had a nice long toke. But he's headed west from the Cumberland Gap, a Johnson City, Tennessee. And I gotta get a move on before the sun. I hear my baby calling money, man. I know that she's the only one. And if I die in Raleigh, at least I will 